You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Tuesday, January 21st. Really neat book that we could share with you today. It's very colorful. It is very colorful. But, but there's a lot of really good stuff in it, too. <laughs> stuff. A lot of good stuff. Um, and the people to help us understand that stuff are the people who <laughs> did the research on it. Uh, our friends right down the hall at uh, LCMS, Office of National Mission Youth Ministry. We're going to ch- chat with them today about a new book called Relationships Count. Um, a very interesting research, but also very practical helps as well. So we'll dig into that here in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. So in the studio, which is, this is kind of their studio actually it now. Is. It's the podcast studio. It's the podcast studio. We're, we're recording with our friends Juliana Schultz, DCE and Program Manager for Youth Ministry in the LCMS Office of National Mission. Hey, Juliana. Hi. And it was like the wrong music. So I was like, right. wait, what are we doing? <laughs> Where are we at? <laughs> and the Reverend Mark Kiesling, Director of Youth Ministry, LCMS Office of National Mission. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Great to be here. It is. It, so the, when I say this is kind of their studio, this is the studio where End Goals podcast has recorded. And that's why you're all confused because it's the wrong music. Because it's, it's the, wrong, the coffee the hour wrong music. wrong music. What are we talking <laughs> about? You guys are in the wrong chairs, too. I know. I know. It's all backwards. That's true. I should have given you the board to, to run today. Ooh. Coffee hour takeover. Let's do it. It's like a mashup. Yeah. Isn't that what those kids are calling it today? <laughs> the kids. The kids. Yes, it is a mashup. We have other mashups on KFUO. Absolutely. Uh. <laughs> it's where end goals meets uh, coffee hour. What would you call that? Like end goals coffee. The end I mean, of coffee. That, my coffee is the end goal. Like, like, <laughs> that like, is actually my, true. That is. That is a good point. So, beautiful resource. Uh, picked it up. I actually have a physical copy. You guys were so gracious to give me like a, a hard copy yes. of the new book called Relationships Count, and it's legit. Like There's this heft is heft to it. It's heavy. Like this I is legit. I appreciate that. I feel like this is. I mean, in some sense, it's the weight of an academic piece oh. here. And you're like, all the research we did, yes, no, <laughs> yeah. But there's, but it's not so heady. I mean, it's not so heady that it's not enjoyable reading. I enjoyed uh, what I've gotten to read so far. There's plenty more for me to read, (laughs) yes. Um, But uh, I'm curious, why study millennials? This came out of the research that you guys have been working on for some time now. Why study millennials, Mark? Yeah, a a couple of reasons. Um, Certainly, we were hearing from the church looking at, and this isn't just within the LCMS, but you can certainly see this in other places across American Christianity, the question of where are millennials in our church pews? So we would hear, we can go out into our communities, we can go to... um, soccer games, we can go to coffee shops and we see these young people um, obviously in our community engaged, uh, but they're not Sunday morning or whenever, maybe over the weekend in worship with us. And not only is it our young people that were raised in the LCMS, but also just in our communities. And so try to, uh, we've been looking at that now for a while about, is that really the trends we do see in the LCMS and what maybe what happened with a mobile society and other things like that. So that was certainly one big question that we would get from the church and trying to look into that. So we had just looked at some raw numbers um, within the LCMS and seen if, is it the same thing that we see across American Christianity that we saw in the LCMS? And also too, to, when we got deeper into the research to understand, okay, some of these things that we see in research from Pew or Fuller or others, is that the story of the LCMS as well? Um, so we could kind of look at that, compare, see where there were uh, 
contrast, but also a lot of similarities too. And then when to talk to those who are in the LCMS as millennials, we also wanted to hear from them to say, hey, as you reflect back on your life in the church, um, from your own words, why are you here? Why are you still here? Why are you in an LCMS congregation? What were the connections that were made through your life? Um, and so that was kind of something that we ended up developing and then later about some practices for youth ministry in congregation. So that way millennials could help educate for uh ministry to a younger generation, how can churches um, build those relationships and be thinking about those important things for their youth ministry or their ministry to young people? You mentioned relationships. The, the book is is titled Relationships Count. Uh, and, and some of the questions that you were getting to do this research on, what were the things that you were looking specifically to study and to research and to ask about? So we looked at a lot of different components. Uh, we wanted to know kind of very broadly uh, where we were being successful, like what was retaining factors within a congregation and what maybe we didn't see as retaining factors. And so we looked at everything from the age of a senior pastor uh, to program changes to um, to different aspects of a congregation's environment to relationships. And ultimately, every time we looked at things, uh, the things that mattered were relational aspects. Do you have a, a parent who's talking about faith in the home and praying with you and reading scripture? scripture? Do you have somebody in your congregation that you can go to to talk about doubts and questions and crisis? Do you have people who are um, caring about you and walking with you as you um, as you go through uh, moments of transition and crisis um, or even in joyful uh, moments <laughs> as yeah. well? Um, the, how does your congregation handle uh, conflict? How does your congregation handle things like mental health issues? Uh, so Every time we thought, okay, well, it's probably a, like maybe a program thing here, and we're like, no, it's a relationship thing. Well, maybe it's an uh, an age thing. No, it was a relationship thing. So things like the age of the senior pastor didn't really have any impact on retention, but hmm. my pastor cares for me mm -hmm. might. Um, and so uh, it's uh, parts of those pieces that we wanted to put together. Um, to help not just give you just raw data, but to emphasize the importance of these different things that maybe seem a little bit more nebulous in a congregation in a way that we can really think about and act on. So what did you learn in asking all these questions? I mean, you learned that it there's was about relationships. I know, there's a whole book. There's a whole, there's just, Chapter so, one. <laughs> um, dramatic reading. In, the, the, in the very short notes version, sure. um, to, to give us an idea what you learned, because I, I think that will help uh, the listener understand why they want to get a copy of the book. Yeah, so we found, um, I'll just maybe throw out a couple that come to mind and then maybe Mark can as well, but uh, we found some very practical things, like a quarter of the congregations that we surveyed didn't have good records for their confirmands um, from 10 or 15 years ago. And so we went like, Okay, well, that's not just as like a logistical thing, like that's a really important and powerful thing that you need to be able to have in order to track and keep good relationships with people. Um, and then we found things like uh, young people, uh, if you had a young person under 32 in leadership, that that had a retaining impact um, for, for young people in your church and actually attracted young people to your church. Um, so 
some very practical things, but then also some a little bit harder things in that the environment of your congregation makes a huge difference in how we talk about things and how we deal with conflict and how we um, deal with questions within that context really does make a huge difference um, mm-hmm. in terms of retention. Mm-hmm. I think the things too, some of the stuff that certainly you know from other research, from common sense, from studying scripture is just the importance of parents. Um, and that's not to put another burden on parents with all that they've got going on, but it's literally is getting in the rhythm of being in worship on a, on a weekend um, and what impact that made for young people to see that it's important. Um, and it, even we saw it for uh, parents who stayed engaged after kids left the home. So it wasn't just, ah, oh, we went to church for our kids, but no, this is important to receive Christ's gifts and worship to be in Christian community. And so for that really to teach to young people by example of what they saw. But then certainly too, other factors that Juliana said that went above that too, praying in the home, Bible study in the home, open conversation about life and faith and how that intersects in the home um, to where there was a safe place for them to have that. And then those other relationships too, whether it was a pastor, DCE teacher, whoever it may have been, but and lay people who just uh, created a welcome environment for young people. And then certainly the thing we saw again, you know this from other research, but we saw it within our LCMS research is that jump from post high school, um, is just where we lose a lot of our young people connection mm-hmm. to the church. And so if we can help congregations have that long-term view of relationships um, and really be praying for them, like, and just really understand that is a pivotal moment in their spiritual life that we are praying for them, we are preparing for them, and we are staying connected with them through that until really they find a new home in another church um, and that we extend that relationship with them um, and that we're caring for them and praying for them through that. So in the, in the, those transitions, as you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, when when you say finding a home in another church, you know, the, they're moving on, maybe they're moving on to college or, or next chapter in life. They're moving to a new geography, a new place, right. a new mm-hmm. geographical location. So uh, yeah. finding a new congregation that they can connect with there built on the foundation they already have Absolutely. from there. And I'd say in some cases too, and, and we'll see what happens with the next generation, how mobile they will be, is also in post high school graduation is to make sure that there is kind of this invitation, if you will, okay, you're no longer a high school student. Where do you fit into the community? Where are you an important part of the community to where there might be kind of mm-hmm. a new level of that relationship too? Because now that it is there, they got independ- new independence maybe that they didn't have before. And so how do you continue to engage in that if they stay close to home with the home congregation? And I think you know going going back a little bit here, I I neglected to zero in on who are millennials. Um, <laughs> we've been talking about <laughs> <Me> yes. <too. laughs> hey. Did you participate in any of the surveys? Did you answer any of the surveys? I think I did. That was a long so, time ago. <laughs> so yeah, to be we fair, can apply we all of this to ago. you then. Very yes, good. <laughs> it is all true for me. Actually, a lot of that is true for me. <laughs> so. So we're talking about millennials. Who are the millennials besides just Sarah? Who are the other <laughs> millennials? So, so depending on who you ask, anywhere from uh, born from uh, 1980 to 1983, kind of in that span. Um, but definitely uh, we start Gen Z at 1996. And so it would be between the early 80s and 95. Um, so they're all adults definitely mm-hmm. now. Um, they're all pretty much post-college into adult life, um, kind of that age now. Now, when we did the study a few years ago, it would have been true that the youngest millennials were still kind of just in their 20s. And so when we did the research, we did it with people who were in their 20s. So it would have been the younger aspect of millennials um, when we did that. Now Gen Z is kind of starting to edge into the 20s and post mm-hmm. post college. And so um, we were very specific in our language in the book 
to talk about if we're talking about the survey the survey was to millennials um but we can broaden that scope to young adults so um a couple different things and then we talk about young people so teenagers and young adults and then youth um so we think what we learned can be transferable to the next generation although gen z looks different um but what we learned um we we kind of talk about them a couple different aspects of that within the context of the book yeah. Well, I think the the relational aspects of of keeping people in uh, engaged in the life of the church probably won't change that much, I would think. But you never know. <laughs> it, yeah, we're at that point where okay. we need to take a quick break. We'll come right back though and continue our conversation about relationships count, a new book, and we'll also share with you how you can get your own copy. Uh, we're talking with our friends from LCMS Youth Ministry. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs> You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Tuesday, January 21st. We're talking with our friends from LCMS Youth Ministry about the new book, Relationship Counts, uh, based on the just the depth of research that mm-hmm. they've done over the last few years, specifically on millennials, but how this applies to uh, to young adults in general. And uh, before we went to the break, we were talking about who are the millennials, who make up the millennials. So 19, early 80s through, what, 95, 96? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So around there. Um and uh, but what we what you've learned what we've learned from this are things that certainly are applicable to young adults uh, when it comes to engagement and the church. So, how then does this research help a concerned pastor, a concerned parent, a youth leader, a church worker? How does this help them? I'm sure both of you have responses to this. Who wants to to go at it first, Mark? Uh, so kind of line up some of these in the book is certainly some are to just raise the awareness of of what uh, great factors we see in our congregations that are connecting young people to the church um, and and through that transition to a post high school. So just be able to raise that awareness. And then, uh, you know, maybe in times there might be conversations for congregations to have times of repentance or to realize maybe where they had messed up in that. Um, and so it may not be the individual who currently is at the church, but be able to understand the history of the church or maybe where there's some gaps um, in the ministry that took place to young people and families. And so to be able to have that open conversation, realize, hey, we want to do better with this. Um, and so uh, maybe having a step to go forward. And then certainly we wanted to raise it from our spot in LCMS Youth Ministry to talk about, you know, as a synod, as a church body, we kind of have a unique way, we hope, to make connections for young people as they move to maybe a new location or for us to work together as a church for our young people. And so how can we pool those resources? How can we have that conversation to help individual congregation, individual Lutherans, individual church workers to work together for the good of our young people? And so hopefully at least 
uh, three factors there to raise up with our congregations, lay people, and church workers. Yeah, I think. Uh, sorry. You're fine. No, that was I. I would totally agree with Mark. I, I'm not sure I have anything else to contribute to that. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so this this isn't all um, sad stuff. Um, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, millennials are are a terrible generation or whatever. Whatever the there, usual. Are, there will be no millennials are terrible. I made sure. <laughs> But, but Just what like is... we made sure that we mentioned Gen X in yes. there. Oh, yes. because... Yeah, they always get left out. Yes. <laughs> Forgotten but, generation. It's... But what what are some of those, uh, the brighter spots, the, the good news that comes out of this research? We saw a lot of, uh, we asked the question, what's a, a pivotal faith moment for you? Um, and not necessarily looking um, for for. Uh, anything key, but we wanted to see kind of what was a moment where maybe a young person really began to personalize their faith um, rather than it being something that was owned by parents or that kind of thing. And um, and we we had a lot of sad stories, but we also had a lot of young people who really um, said, you know, I, I didn't really have one. I was baptized as an infant. I've been faithful in the church. That's, um, you know, the church has done its work and God has done its work and, um, and my confirmation or um, certainly there were moments that I could point to where God was particularly active. But it was nice to see the number of young people who pointed to to baptism, to confirmation, to the places that we would expect to see um, God active and living in their lives. And so that was uh, encouraging to see um, and to see how, um, you know, when we do this. Uh, the things that God has committed us, how that works actively to, to retain young people in the church. I'd say hearing from the millennials who are still engaged in the church is, I mean, just that, that they are engaged, that they love their, they love Jesus, they love their church, uh, they love the people that God has called them to be together with, um, they love uh, our teaching of scripture, they love our worship together as a community, um, and they are so desiring to serve their neighbor and to share the gospel um, every day of the week with their friends, with those who don't know Jesus. And so that's just exciting to see uh, mm -hmm. them equipped and excited to share their faith with others. I would also say when we started this research, we had a whole plan for how we were going to engage young people into taking the survey and like had uh, iPad that we were going to give away and it was going to be all of these uh, different pieces that we were going to try and, and recruit young people to take this survey. Um, and I thought, you know, best case scenario, we'll get 500 responses. And we had 500 within the first 12 hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> we ended up with over 2000 respondents to the young adult survey, which blew our minds um but what it tells us is that young people care mm -hmm. um they want to be heard but they want their church to hear them but they're willing to take 20 minutes 30 minutes out of their lives to make sure the church um knows what's working and what's not and they care about the church being successful um and people hearing the gospel even if they uh didn't agree with us even if they moved on to another church body they spent a lot of time really uh, deliberately telling us um, about their experience in the church, which was incredibly powerful. How do you envision Relationships Count, the, the new book, uh, being utilized by pastors or parents or congregations? Mm -hmm. How do you envision it being used? I'd say one of the questions too you asked about, um, you know, how congregations and church workers might take the status. We hope it certainly opens up that dialogue about prayer too, that we're praying for our young people. And so that to raise... 
raise up those uh, issues and for maybe do kind of a, a inventory of everything like Juliana said are we keeping good records um, to where we're mm-hmm. able to stay in contact with our young people and our families um, to where are we raising up young people as and understanding the transitions they're going through uh, I mean I think in our information age that we're providing filters and ways that they have places to ask questions in a really complicated fast-changing environment um, and that we're thinking our Christian education through those filters and that we're giving those opportunities and providing safe people for them to connect with and parents to equipping them I think is at least one conversation piece that will come out of the data one of the most fabulous things about this book is that um, CPH was incredibly gracious and was able to to do this in a way that makes it free um, CPH has been an incredible partner in the design of the book and in the layout of the book and the editing, but also in, in making it available. And we designed each of those chapters to be not particularly long um, and to have discussion questions at the end. And so we really attempted to make the book very, um, it's not super academic. <laughs> we, <don't, laughs> oh, we tell silly stories sometimes. Uh, we kept it very much in something that um, a leadership team, but also a lay leader can pick up really read and discuss with one another and um, and we can make that available to a wide breadth of people so that we can start a really good conversation about the things that we found uh, because in listening well and in having that conversation we think we can make changes that do have an impact um, on our overall retention in our church body. And you say silly stories, but they're stories with a point. They're not just yeah, like, not, not stories to be silly. I, I, I enjoy particularly learning about um, how you like to roam when you were shopping as a kid with your yeah. parents. Yes. So if you want to learn how Juliana used to run off in the store. Uh, I, pre- I asked my mom about that, and she had a whole different take. So, um, <laughs> But she did approve of the use in the, in the book. That's funny. So you, you mentioned it's free. How can, uh, how can our friends get a copy of Relationships? count. Absolutely. Again, thanks for partnership with Concordia Publishing House. If you go to their website, cph.org, if you search for relationship counts, there are two options. You can download uh, an e-version of it, Mm -hmm. uh, so that can come directly to you. I think it's both in iBooks as well as Amazon uh, available. And then also, if you want a hard copy, uh, that's made available to printed that they will ship to you for free. Um, And so again, we're so thankful for the grant that they provided. And so can add multiple copies, but then again, utilize it in your youth ministry in your congregation. Yeah. you know, with the, the discussion questions that you were talking about at the end of each chapter, I really saw that as maybe thought-provoking. Maybe this is something that a group of leaders, maybe it's elders, or maybe it's uh, a group of lay leaders, maybe it's a group of parents mm-hmm. um, who read this it, it, and uh, and discuss it to, to have some thought-provoking mm-hmm. conversations about uh, what are we doing as, as parents for this next generation? Yeah, you know, for the for the millennials, it's, it's beyond that point. But for the parents of the next generation learning from this previous generation, what does this mean for us as parents? But I, it really could be applicable, I think, to a number of people in a congregation. So that's what we were hoping for, is that it could be a congregation-wide conversation that's taking place and how are we uh, ministering to young people. So we get a copy, just go to cph.org. You can find the e-copy there, or you can uh, get hard copies sent to you. And uh, that's, that's outstanding. Great free resource. We'll provide a link in the program notes for the, the CPH information mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we, we have a little bit of time left. Do you want to share with us about this really fun and helpful podcast that kind of falls in yeah. line. It's it's a resource, kind of like relationships count. Uh, you want to share a little bit about this really cool podcast that I heard about called End Goals? Um, yeah. So one of the things that we did. Oh, um, hang on. Hey, there it oh, is. There it is. <laughs> That's now the jam. We're getting in the mood. <laughs> 
Yeah, we have a bit more jammy music <laughs> when we do this. Um, we do a little dancing. Uh, you can't see that part. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's good for everyone. Uh, it's, um, one of the great things we did is we did this research. Uh, the book is now just coming out, but we've been thinking about this research since we started, been digesting it. We've been comparing it to other research. We've been looking at scripture and our confessions and looking uh, to people who are out and doing youth ministry. And so um, we took this and we really have been um, thinking about what are practices of healthy youth ministry overall based on what we know. And this was a big part of how we kind of came to those pieces of healthy youth ministry. And so now we've got the podcast, which we talk about um, different aspects of healthy youth ministry. We're interviewing uh, people who've written resources that are available for free on our resource site um, to help lay leaders kind of think through how they might use that resource and then um, areas of, of youth ministry that are attached to that. Um, so we're hoping that it becomes kind of this regular piece. We're, we're targeting lay leaders, but it could be really anybody doing youth ministry or any uh, pastor or church worker. Uh, we keep them really short. <laughs> um, they're about the length of the coffee hour um, so that you can kind of think through how I might um, be be looking to engage in healthy youth ministry. And uh, we try and keep it keep it fun, but um, but try and pack a lot into that 20 to 30 minutes. And we've had some great interviews um, with fantastic uh, practice, practitioners all across uh, the country who have engaged with uh, our people at maybe national youth gatherings or other events, but primarily um, have provided these resources that are really great. So You'll be looking for more of that, and we'll be um, covering different topics. We'll be talking about the book um, in more detail on the podcast. We're going to be um, doing some stuff in preparation for um, churches that are thinking about joining the National Youth Gathering, but just really in any um, kind of capacity. We're hoping that that's helpful for, for folks. And speaking of National Youth Gathering, there are also podcasts from the National Youth Gathering as well. Ah, yes, wow. there are. That podcast is almost complete with all of all of the uh, sessions. Many? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's lot. Like hundred. Ninety some. Yeah. Almost a hundred. Yeah. Uh, some sessions from the Correct. National yeah. Youth Gathering mm-hmm. were recorded, and so now available on podcasts. You can find those at kfuo.org, and they're and in Spotify. And Spotify. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you so much for your work on that. Sarah's, You're welcome. Sarah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, Meredith have been working diligently yeah, on that. Did, Meredith did a lot of that work. Getting all of that uh, shared. So you want to hear some of the speakers from the, the uh, 2019 Youth Gathering. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out that. You can listen to all 90 plus you can. Uh, presentations from that. So you really you want know, to. When you're at the gathering, there's so much happening. There's <laughs> yeah. so many. Um, and I, one of the sad things is like, I don't, I don't Mark doesn't either, mm-hmm. get to hear really um, anybody else talk. So it's been really fun to be able to go back and listen to all of these things people have been talking talking about young people have been talking about um and it's just continuing on um and those resources get to live on which is a great great thing yeah absolutely well thank you so much thanks mark thanks juliana for being here on the coffee hour today it's been great talking with you and uh really excited to share relationships count with our listeners today yeah thanks for having you i'm andy bates i'm sarah golseth
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.